you have your Bibles with you this morning, let me invite you to open them to the great eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter eight will be our text for the morning. I, I want to, as always, express my appreciation to the worship team this morning for leading us in just a tremendous time of worship. Thank you, Kevin, Scott, everyone, choir, for that very special time. Romans chapter 8. You know, every year we hear just about everywhere on every flip of the radio dial, uh, in every store, in television commercials, we hear songs, carols proclaiming the birth of Jesus. Uh, People, regardless of their faith or even their lack of faith, are reminded this season of Jesus' birth by these Christmas songs and Christmas carols. Well, one song in particular, I've just got to tell you, has particularly captured my attention this year, perhaps more than ever before. It is the song, O Holy Night. Most of you are familiar with that song. There's just one line, one phrase in that song that I believe has incredible significance for this year, Christmas of 2020. The line goes like this, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I just feel like that's a word for us this Christmas. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, Christmas just a few days out now, um, Boy, I feel a little weary. Maybe some of you do as well. You know, 2020 has been a year of loss for all of us. We've lost jobs, some of us. We've lost health, others of us. We've lost freedom of movement, the ability to travel. We've lost graduation ceremonies and vacations, birthday parties, Thanksgiving dinners. We've lost loved ones and dear friends, and in the process, we've lost a great deal of our own peace and security. We're weary. You know, when Jesus was born more than 2,000 years ago now, he was born into a weary world. For centuries, God's Old Testament people had been awaiting their Messiah. They'd endured slavery and famine, war. They'd spent years wandering in a desert. They'd endured 70 years of the Babylonian captivity, generations of anxiety and uncertainty as they watched, as they waited, as they wondered. You know, after the book of Malachi, the last prophet we find in the Old Testament, after the writing of that prophecy, there were 400 years of silence. No prophet had arisen in Israel during that time. God's people had been oppressed by one foreign power after another. And after those long centuries, even at the time of Jesus' birth, they were subjected to rule by the iron fist of the Roman Empire. 
underneath the corrupt leadership of their puppet king, Herod. So there was this deep and abiding longing in the hearts of God's people. When would their king arrive? When would their Messiah come? When would this oppression end? When would they at long last begin to see a light at the end of a very long, dark, weary tunnel? Well, when Jesus came, when He was born, He brought with Him a thrill of hope. And Jesus' birth should bring that same thrill of hope to you and me today. We live in a weary world. The trials we're facing today are real. The sufferings we've been through are real. The loss we've experienced is real. But the hope we find in Jesus Christ, church, is just as real and more real. And unlike the things of this world, our hope in Christ is eternal. And if there's anything good, perhaps, that I could say about the year 2020, it is that it has forced us to reevaluate life, what life is all about, the things that are really important in life. And hopefully this Christmas, it's helped us to take our eyes off of so much about this season that is shallow and superficial and commercial. If there's one thing I believe with all my heart this morning, it's that the year 2020 ought to make the miracle of Jesus' life and death and resurrection all the more relevant, all the more important, all the more meaningful. Christmas tells us that, yes, there is a light at the end of this long, dark, weary tunnel that we have found ourselves in. That light is Jesus. And when we realize that this morning and what Jesus came to do, it ought to give us a thrill of hope. And our weary souls this morning ought to be rejoicing. From Romans chapter 8 this morning, I, I want to show you seven Christmas gifts from God. Seven gifts that He is giving you and me this Christmas season that ought to make us in all of our weariness rejoice and give us hope. Here's number one. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Why? Because of Jesus, I can live without condemnation. Because of Jesus, I can live without condemnation. Look at verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. Paul writing says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you see the word no? No condemnation. In the original language of the New Testament, that word is the strongest word for no that there is. It means absolutely, positively, unequivocally, no. There is absolutely no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is good news. This is the good news of Christmas. It's the good news we find in John chapter 3, verse 17, where John wrote and said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I want to tell you this morning, if Jesus Christ has been born in you, then he has made it possible for you to live your life without condemnation. That means when you blow it, God doesn't reject you. When you sin, he doesn't kick you out of his family. When you are inconsistent, he doesn't get mad at you and stop loving you. Why? Because if Christ has truly been born in you, then he paid the penalty for all of those sins on Calvary's cross and the condemnation you deserve this morning, the condemnation I deserve this morning has been removed by Jesus Christ fully, finally, and forever. And when you realize that God no longer condemns you, guess what else? You can be free from condemning yourself. You don't have to beat yourself up this morning because of something you might have done in the past. You don't have to live with guilt this morning because of something that may have happened in your former life. You don't have to struggle this morning underneath the burden of shame because of some bad decision you made last week, last month, last year, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. If Christ has been born in you, you live in a new and glorious day. God has erased all the sin. He has erased all the mistakes of the past. And there is now no longer any condemnation from God, anybody else, or yourself. And I want to tell you this morning, in a worn out, worn down, weary world, that is good news. It gives me hope. I can rejoice. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Because of Jesus, you can live, I can live without, free from condemnation. That was just the first gift. Number two, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Because of Jesus, I can live my life without domination. I can live my life without domination. Verse 2, Paul says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Now here's a fact. If Jesus has been born in me, I don't have to be controlled. I don't have to be dominated by anything anymore. When I give Jesus Christ control of my life, I don't have to be controlled by anything else. I can live without domination. I have been set free. That means I don't have to give in to temptation. I don't have to give in to sin. I don't have to give in to the devil. I don't have to give in to the flesh. 
I don't have to give in to the pressures of the culture. They have no power over me anymore. I don't have to be conformed to this world. It cannot overpower me. When the Spirit of Christ lives in me, I can live my life without being dominated by anyone or anything. You know, I talk to people all the time who'll say to me, Alan, I... uh, I just feel like my life's out of control. I, I can't seem to get a handle on things. I, I know what's right. I want to do what's right, but it seems I can't. I know what I ought to be doing, but it seems I, I just can't change. I, I can't break free. Maybe it's, maybe it's from a way of thinking. Maybe it's from a way of acting. Maybe it's from a way of, of responding to certain things. Maybe it's a bad habit, a relationship issue. Anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is, it's it's exercising a controlling, dominating influence in your life. Well, the Word of God says to me that if Christ has been truly born in me, then the Holy Spirit has set me free from all of those other dominating influences as I give control of my life to Christ. Look at verse 5. It says, those who live as their human natures tell them to have their minds controlled by what their human nature wants. But those who live as the Spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the Spirit wants. Listen. You're going to be controlled by something. I'm going to be controlled by something. We're all going to be controlled by something in life, either our own desires, the pressures of the world, the temptations of life, the power of sin, your friends, your circumstances. Something is going to control you. The wonderful thing is God tells me when I am in Christ, when Christ has been born in me, when I let him control my life, all of those other things lose their power over me. They can no longer dominate me. I gain control of my life. I gain control of my circumstances when I give control to the Lord. And that means I can live without domination. Other things, other people, my circumstances, sin, Satan, the world, they all lose their power over me and I can live this life without domination because the birth of Jesus Christ in my life has set me free. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Because of Christ, I can live free of domination. And they just keep coming. Number three, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices because of Christ. I can live without desperation. I can live without desperation. Henry David Thoreau, the great author in his book Walden, wrote these words, and I quote, The mass of men... Live lives of quiet 
desperation. Quiet desperation. What he means by that is so many of us find ourselves going through life overwhelmed, discouraged, defeated. And that's because life is hard. Life is not easy. It has never been easy. 2020 may have been especially tough, but 2019 weren't no picnic. Life is just hard. God's never promised us it would be easy. He's never promised His children it would be easy. He never promised us that we could somehow escape the hurt, the pressures, the problems, the pain of life. But what He does promise us is that when Christ has been born in us, those things don't have to lead us to despair. We inherit a hope in Christ that has the power to absolutely transform the way we deal with the hard times, the hurting times, the heartache times in life. If you look at verse 6 of Romans chapter 8, you'll see a powerful contrast here. Paul says, writing, to be controlled by the human nature results in death. But to be controlled by the Spirit results in, listen, life and peace. Do you see the contrast? If your thinking is controlled by the human nature, Paul says your, 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 your thinking in the realm of death, your mind functions in the realm of death. Now, you may be alive physically and biologically, but in your mind, there is helplessness. In your mind, there is hopelessness if you're controlled by that old human nature. Why? Because there's no resources available to you to deal with the hard times, to deal with the hurting times of life. And that leads us to despair. But if Christ has been born in you, Paul says, if, if your mind is controlled, not by the human nature, but by the Spirit, then there is life and there is, guess what? Peace. There is peace. Why is that? Look at verse 18. Going on, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, notice Paul says there are going to be sufferings in this present day. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. How can we live without despair? Because as Christians, we know how this story is going to end. We know how it's going to end. Yes, life can be hard, but as we go through life, we have the assurance that God is leading us somewhere with promise and with purpose. And we know that this life is not all that there is with all of its suffering and all of its struggles. In fact, you need to understand this morning, we don't, we don't think this way a lot of the time, but we really need to start understanding this. This life is only a tiny, infinitesimal fraction of all that there is. There is an eternity out there 
And God's word promises us that then there will be no more pain, no more hurt, no more disappointment. All of that will be banished forever. And that means right now, no matter how tough life may be, we don't have to despair. And and even that's not all. Look at verse 25. Uh, Paul assures, excuse me, verse 26. Paul assures us that, watch, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That means as we navigate life here on earth, we don't have to depend upon our own strength, our own resources. Why? Because we have God's strength and we have God's resources to help us through the Spirit that lives within us, again, so we don't have to despair. And even that's not all. Again, if you look at verse 27, we read, and this is an amazing statement, that God's Spirit intercedes for us. Do you know what that means? That means He prays for us in accordance with God's will for our lives. God Himself, listen, God Himself in the person of His Holy Spirit is praying that His will and His purposes will be accomplished in your life and in my life. And when I realize that, you know what? This weary soul rejoices. That gives me hope. I don't have to despair. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is God's gift to you. Not quite halfway through, number four. Gift number four, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices because of Christ. I can live without miscalculation. I can live without miscalculation. Oh, one of the most wonderful, well-loved verses in all of Scripture is the one we're going to look at next, verse 28 of Romans chapter 8. Paul says, and we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. You want to hear some really good news this Christmas? Here it is. If Christ has been born in you, here's a fact of life you need to understand and remind yourself of and live in every single day. Here's the good news. God never makes a mistake. Never. He never makes a mistake. A mistake. He never makes a miscalculation in my life. God's Word tells me that once Christ is born in me, that God is always working all things out for my good. And that not only means that God never makes a mistake, it also means that He can take the mistakes I make and He can redeem them. He can fit them and work them into His purposes and still carry out His will for my life. It's amazing. That's what Romans 8.28 says. We know, not we think, not we wish, not we would like to believe, but we know that God works all things. Again, not a few things, not some things. Not even most things, but God works all things together for our good. 
all things. Does that include losing your job? Yeah. Does it include illness? Yep. Divorce? Mm -hmm. Miscarriage? Death of a loved one? Death of a friend? Yes. God, God, God says, I will take all of those things and every other hard, hurtful thing that comes into your life, and I will manipulate them, I will work through them, I will work with them, I will work those things out for your good. Now listen to me. That does not mean that all things by themselves are good things. A lot of bad things happen. A lot of bad things happen in our world. And a lot of bad things happen in our lives. So it doesn't mean all things are good. Neither does it mean that all things are going to work out the way I think they ought to work out. Can I just testify this morning and say a lot of things in my life have not worked out the way I thought they ought to work out? I bet you could say that too. But here's, here's the wonderful thing about Christmas. If Christ is born in me, God's Word tells me that all of the things, all of the circumstances, all of the situations in my life, He will take in His loving hands and He will work them in such a way that they bring ultimate good into my life. And that means life doesn't have to be perfect. It means I don't have to be perfect to fit into God's plan. And even though I still make mistakes, even though bad things still happen, I do not have to settle for second best in God's plan for my life. He is working all things out to bring about the very best for me. And that means there is no miscalculation. There is no mistake. No matter what happens in my life, I live in a new and glorious day, and that gives this weary soul hope. Merry Christmas. You can live without miscalculation. Number five, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices because of Christ. I can live without intimidation. I can live without intimidation. Verse 31, what a verse. What shall we then say to these things? Whatever things they are. If God is for us, who can be against us? What a statement. When Christ is born in me, God's Word tells me no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm struggling with, God is for me. God is for me. He's on my side. He will guard me. He will protect me. He will see me through. You know, I'm, I'm going to admit to you this morning that when I was going through school, I wasn't very good at math. hope there's not too many math teachers in here. I hated it. 
I, I, just, it, I just didn't do well in math, just never, never did. I struggled through to get through math. But I, I, I can give you one simple math lesson this morning. Let me give you one equation this morning I want you to take out of here with you, okay? Here it is. God plus one equals a majority. God plus one equals a majority. You see, it doesn't matter what circumstances are against me. It doesn't matter what person is against me. If Christ is in me, it doesn't matter what is against me because God is for me, and that means I can always come out on top. I hope you've grasped this truth. This year of all years, I hope you really understand that God not only knows you, God not only loves you, but God is for you. He is for you. He wants you to make it. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be victorious. Doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. We've had plenty. Doesn't mean you're not going to have difficulties, headaches, heartaches, hurts of all kind, disappointment, pain. Doesn't mean at times you won't wonder what the outcome of your circumstances may be. But when Christ has been born in you, you do not have to be intimidated by those circumstances. God is for you. He's on your side. And when he's on your side, that is enough. And that is more than enough. You know, when you feel intimidated, it's, uh, it's an overwhelming thing. You feel helpless. You feel hopeless. You feel paralyzed. You become worried and fearful. <laughs> Did you know that psychologists have actually identified 645 different kinds of fears? 645 of them. Some of us fear failure. Some of us have a fear of the future. Maybe you're afraid of rejection, the fear of criticism. Maybe you have fears related to your job, your health, your finances, your relationships. Some of you here may be afraid of death this morning. We all have fears. But God's Word says, when Christ has been born in me, I do not have to be intimidated by those fears. The writer of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me? It's the same thing Paul says here in Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? And he goes on in verse 37 to say, In all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. That means I can live my life without being intimidated by anyone or anything. It means I don't have to be a victim. I can be a victor. That gives this weary soul a thrill of hope. Merry Christmas. If Christ has been born in you, 
You can live without intimidation. Nothing has to intimidate you. Number six, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Because of Christ, I can live my life without limitation. I can live my life without limitation. Verse 32, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to tell you, maybe aside from John chapter 3, verse 16, I have a, I have a hard time putting John 3.16 underneath any other verse. But other than John 3.16, this verse, Romans 8.32, is possibly the most powerful verse in all of Scripture because this one verse has the power to completely transform the way you look at life, to completely transform the way you live your life. It reads this way. He, that is God, who did not spare His own Son but freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, along with giving us Christ, generously also give us all other things? I love the message paraphrase of this verse. It reads this way. If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. Is there anything else that he would not gladly and freely do for us? I want to tell you something this morning. When God sent Jesus into the world to die for your sins, my friend, he solved the biggest problem you'll ever have. That was the biggest problem you will ever ever have is the fact that your sin had you totally separated from God and there wasn't one single thing you could do about it. Well, God took care of that through Christ, sent him to the cross. He solved your biggest problem. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I don't care what else you're going through today. Everything else is small potatoes compared to that. And this verse says that if God loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to die for you, don't you think He loves you enough to take care of your financial needs? Don't you think He loves you enough to take care of, of, of the problems you got with your kids, your job situation, the loneliness you're experiencing, the heartache you're going through? Don't you think He loves you? He has sent Christ to pay the penalty for your sin, don't you think, don't you think that He will help you with whatever else it is you're going through? You see, when Christ has been born in you, and this is the key here, please keep hearing me say this over and over again. If He's living His life out within you, if your life is in tune with His life, if your will is in line with His will, then nothing you will ever need. There is nothing you will ever need that God will not provide. And that means you'll never be limited in anything. It means you should never say, I can't do this. I can't have this. I can't be this. I can't achieve this. Listen to me. If that is what God wants for you, you can be that. 
If that is what God wants for you, you can do that. If that is what God wants for you, you can have that. If that is what God wants for you, you can achieve that. You can live your life absolutely without limitation. And that gives this weary soul a thrill of hope. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is God's gift to you. Last one. Let's unwrap it. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Because of Christ, I can live without separation. I can live without separation. Look at verse 35, verses 38 and 39. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friend, this needs to get into your head, needs to get into your heart, needs to get into your life this morning so that you never forget it. When Christ is born in you, when you are in Christ, no one and no thing will ever ever, ever, ever be able to separate you from Him and from His love for you. Your circumstances will never be able to separate you. Your struggles and your problems will never be able to separate you. Your sins and your mistakes will never be able to separate you. When Christ is born in you, it means He will never leave you. He will never stop loving you. He will never stop working in your life. That means, listen, that means you will never face a time when you have to live under condemnation. There will never be a day when you have to struggle under domination. You will never have to live your life with a sense of desperation. You will never have to worry about miscalculation. There will never be an instance when you have to suffer from intimidation and there'll never be a moment when you're subject to limitation because nothing, no one, no thing, no circumstance, no problem, no crisis, no situation, no headache, no heartache, nothing in life, nothing in death will ever ever be able to separate you from God's love and from the love he has for you in Christ Jesus. And for this weary soul, Christmas 2020, that gives me a thrill of hope. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious day. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. 
O night divine, O night when Christ was born. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, for every good and perfect gift that we experience in this life, we give you thanks. None greater than the gift of your Son, Jesus. Because in that single gift are wrapped up so many other exceedingly unexplainably, inexpressibly great gifts. Oh God, you enable us this morning to live lives of abundance. Even at a time when our souls are weary and I thank you this morning that we can celebrate all of those good things that your word has revealed to us this morning that we could unwrap every single gift like a kid on Christmas morning with trembling fingers we've unwrapped these gifts and we stand in awe And we are overwhelmed and we fall on our knees and we worship before the Christ of Christmas. God, I don't know how you want to speak this morning. I don't know what you need to do. But I pray that each one of us this morning, your children, will have received these gifts anew and afresh that we will leave this place this morning. Though we journey through a weary world, we will have that thrill of hope. And we will rejoice because we recognize that we live in a new and a glorious day. So Father, receive from us now our worship. Receive from us this morning, Lord, the the grateful gift of giving ourselves back to you once again. And Lord, may we receive your gifts and may you receive our gift this morning in a way that truly makes a difference. It's the prayer that we pray in Christ's name. Would you stand with me? We're going to conclude this morning by singing this great song, O Holy Night. And I pray maybe you'll never sing it the same way again. This will be our closing. This will be our benediction. As the band leads us, let's worship.